This past week was encouraging for the Louisville men's basketball team after a win against Miami and a close loss to NC State. And it has many wondering, have the Cardinals turned the corner? We're going to answer that on today's episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast, as well as discussing the one thing that remains constant. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And as always, I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. All about basketball on today's episode of the show, we begin by discussing this past week for the men's basketball team, um, the first ACC win of the season, Kenny Payne's first road win as the Cardinals head coach over Miami. Also talk about the NC State performance, very close loss for the Cardinals, how those two performances were encouraging and it has many wondering if the Cardinals are turning the corner which I feel like they potentially could be but the one thing that remains constant is something that we have to continue to focus on we'll talk about what that one thing is here shortly we'll talk about how to build off the momentum and then to conclude the show we'll talk about the Louisville women's basketball team extending their current win streak being the only undefeated ACC team left in the conference and we'll also talk about the program reaching the 1,000-win mark uh, just recently. So, <clears throat> like I said, a lot of basketball to talk about on the show. If you were paying attention or tuned in to the live show on Friday evening in which we were going to talk about the men's basketball win over Miami, and you saw um, the screen freeze, I mentioned on Twitter that um, my power went out, unfortunately, some bad wind storms on Friday evening. I was hoping that I was going to be able to get one recording in. Ended up getting the first one um, in no problem with the Quincy Riley announcement. But when I went to record that second one was about five minutes into the episode and the lights started flickering and um, the power went out and thus obviously the Wi-Fi went down and had no way to record it. So I do want to apologize for the inconvenience that um, that gave you all all y'all who were listening but nonetheless let's discuss it um i feel bad that it's taking this long to do that but nonetheless we're definitely going to do that this past week for Louisville men's basketball team brought forth two promising and encouraging performances for the team it started out on wednesday the cardinals got their first acc win of the season the first ever road win for Kenny Payne as a head coach as Louisville defeated Miami uh, 80-71 to down in Coral Gables, handing the Hurricanes their second straight loss at the time. It was a great performance um, when Louisville ended up going down in the second half. I thought to myself, okay, here is the point of the game in which the Cardinals run out of steam, the opposition is able to get ahead comfortably, and it's like the same old situation that happens, right? No. Louisville kept with it. They battled on both ends of the court. They hit clutch shots, and they ended up coming out on top on this 
um, evening. And then you look to Saturday, pretty much sort of the same situation. NC State started the game hot, led by 10 for the majority of the first half. It felt like Louisville made it interesting. Uh, but NC State still had a nine-point halftime lead. Cardinals immediately out of the half, made some adjustments, got the game. I think they tied the game, actually. It was 46. It was 44-35 a half and then 46-46. to And then it just went back and forth, back and forth. NC State went up comfortably. And then the Cardinals came back, um, you know, a couple of big-time shots. Made this game pretty um, – it, it made it pretty interesting at the end. But ultimately, the Cardinals fell to the Wolfpack to snap the short-lived winning streak. The Cardinals now 6-10, and 1-4 and four in conference play as they look towards a challenging portion of the month of January. And we mentioned it, the month of January is all about the strong ACC opposition that is on the remainder of the schedule. And you look at what the Cardinals have for the rest of January at North Carolina, which will be their toughest test so far. They play on, um, I think it's Wednesday this week, down in Chapel Hill. They'll go to Wake Forest, who is very, very solid this year under Steve Forbes. You have two home games after that. Duke will be coming to KFCM Center. Virginia, which the Cardinals were sort of, going back and forth with until late in that game against the Cavaliers earlier this month and then at Clemson to end the month of January. So I think that this team has the opportunity to put themselves in a solid position heading into February in which things really start to open up in terms of competition and you have, I think, better odds to win games in February than you do January. Excuse me. The one thing that remains constant, mentioned that uh, just a couple minutes ago, and it sort of is like it's sort of like a part two to discussing the momentum and turning the corner. Because as I believe that the Cardinals are playing better, the constant is that it has to turn into wins this year. And we talked about that all throughout the offseason. Um, no cloud over the program any longer. A ton of minutes to hand out to players in the offseason, open scholarships. You know, you aren't faced with having players from Chris Mack's team. You know, you have the opportunity to go out with the scholarships that you had open and go get your players. And the players that you brought in were going to be tasked with um, significantly improving the team via the win-loss record. Now, right now, the Cardinals have improved that by two. They are 6-10. and ten. But as I had the expectation of making the tournament in year two, many have you know the expectation of at least getting to 500. And at some part, I can... I can understand that. I don't necessarily agree with it because I think that with no NCAA cloud um, hovering over the recruiting aspect of the program, with the scholarships you have opened, with the playing time that you have you know, at your disposal to be able to um, persuade players to come to play at Louisville. And, you know, Kenny Payne went with the roster that he went with. And unfortunately, you know, the Dennis Evans situation, it's heartbreaking. And I'm not going to hold that against Kenny Payne. That's something that you definitely cannot, you know, foresee coming. 
But the Trenton Flowers situation, um, Karan Davis, Danilo Jovanovic, multiple players that he brought in this past offseason. Flowers isn't with the program. Jovanovic um, has been impacting the game minimally. And then Karan Davis obviously hasn't played a single game for the Cardinals with some situation that's prevented him from being on the team. Now, obviously we're not going to speculate because at this point we have no clue what it could be, but it is what it is. And the newcomers that you brought forth, um, you know, Sky Clark has been very solid. Trey White has had moments of playing very well. You've had some moments from the freshman Tyler Johnson, Curtis Williams, Caleb Glenn that have been pretty solid um, for this team, you know, throughout the season. But at this point, It's all about winning games. And I am a firm believer that you can appreciate what Louisville's doing. You can can applaud the win. You can cheer for the win and be happy for it, which I am. I'm definitely glad I will never cheer for my team to lose. It's awesome to see Louisville get the win down in Miami, which has sort of been a tough place for the Cardinals to be able to go down and win at. But I'm really glad to see this team played the way they did. It was the best performance of the Kenny Payne era thus far. They played with heart all game long. There was some structure offensively. They shot the ball well from behind the arc. They defended well. Um, you could tell just how involved the bench was, which at times hasn't been the case for this program in the past two seasons. So I liked what I saw in both games. There was fire. There was passion. There was effort. Um, for the majority of the game. They played solid in terms of moving the ball around, making the extra pass, making it a point of emphasis to get touches in the paint. All great things that I absolutely love to see. And the fallacy for this um, program is that for some reason we've convinced ourselves that you can't cheer for the team and accept and applaud victories and realize that you still have to be able to get wins out of these performances. You should be able to, you know, believe in both things at one time. Both things can be true at one time. And I do believe that to be the case here is that I'm happy the program is the team is looking better and that they beat Miami. But at the end of the day, this has to become the new norm that this team starts to win more than they lose. How can they do that? How can they ultimately get to a place to where they're able to build off the momentum in the right way? Because truthfully, there's only one way to build off of the momentum. Bottom line is you have to continue to win games. How do you do that? What needs to continue? What can we take from these past two games and apply it to the rest of the season? We're going to talk about that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up the playoffs going on this weekend. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. Same game parlays, the Explore tab shows some popular bets, uh, the Parlay Hub is the best way to find popular parlays, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Global your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. 
Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Right before the break, we asked the question, how can you turn this positive uh, or these positive encouraging performances into wins moving forward and allowing your team to build off of the momentum from this past week. Before we do that, I want to clear something up. I was a little critical in the previous segment about um, the Miami and NC State games about needing to win, and I do believe that. I think that at the bottom line, it is you have to see these turn into wins. We're no longer in the um, we're no longer in the setting to where we can sit here and claim moral victories. I'm not going to do that. I don't even believe in moral victories. Um, but you won against Miami, which was great. You played well against NC State, but you still lost. And at the end of the day, that is what rings true: is that you know in the score in the win loss column, it will have a loss. It's not an L with an asterisk that says played well, played better than we usually do. It's still a loss. But to play the devil's advocate, I am happy for this team. It's nice to see the um, positive improvements that we are seeing that we've been asking for for some time, right? And I hope desperately that this continues to trend upward, that we see Louisville win the games um, that they're supposed to win and steal a couple games that maybe they're not projected to win. How do you do that? How do you build off of the momentum? Well, there's a couple things for me, a couple things that I've pinpointed is the team has to be better perimeter shooting. One of the ways that this team has been able to compete the past two games the way that they have is perimeter shooting. Um, They've shot well, which seems to be a little bit uncharacteristic, but you hope that it starts an upward trend. Um, In the game against Miami, 10 of 23, 43.5% from behind the arc against NC State. Um, looking at 8 of 15, 53.3% from behind the arc. Now, I'm not naive enough to suggest that this trend is going to continue. I'm not saying that this team is going to continue to shoot upwards of 43% for the remainder of the season because statistically that would be absolutely incredible. But two things. Number one, best teams in the country don't even shoot that on a nightly basis. And number two, up until Wednesday, Louisville was one of the statistically worst teams in the country in terms of three-point percentage. There's 351 uh, Division One teams in college basketball, and Louisville, I believe, coming into the game on Saturday was 286. They were in the 270s, 280s range, and the only two ACC teams below them were Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. So if this team can at least improve the percentage by a couple points to where you go from teams daring you to shoot the ball from behind the arc to you have a couple players that are really knocking them down at a high level, that would definitely benefit the team. Another way that I feel like this team can definitely improve is the assist-to-turnover ratio. Like I mentioned, um, coming into the game on Saturday, Louisville was one of the – um, you know, in that t- 270s, 280s range of assist to turnover ratio, assists per game. Bottom line is that the Cardinals don't do a great job of setting their teammates up um, for solid shots. Now, maybe that is an indication that there is lack of point guard play, 
but I think it's just a matter of not making that extra pass. They did that this past week, and that was definitely encouraging. You look at the Miami game and the numbers on that. 17 assists to 12 turnovers, positive assist-to-turnover ratio. The state game as well, um, you had 11 assists to 10 10 turnovers. That's not necessarily a great number to have, but it is a positive number. That's something that Louisville really hasn't been able to do thus far this season. The Cardinals' assist-to-turnover ratio was like like .7 coming into the game against NC State. There's no secret that more um, more effective passing, a better assist-to-turnover ratio, and better three-point shooting led to the Cardinals being more effective on the offensive end. Now, Louisville really hasn't been that um, offensively um, inefficient this year in terms of let – me, let me rephrase that. They haven't been that terrible on offense. They've been able to score. It's mainly been the defense. If you're able to – I'm not saying absolutely transform your three-point shooting or assist-to-turnover ratio. I'm saying improve it by a couple points, and who knows? You'll probably win a couple games that you probably wouldn't have earlier on in the season. If that had improved earlier on in the season, you're probably not sitting at 6-10. and 10. You probably have a winning record. So another thing, defense. That is the main thing. Um, Miami had some unforced turnovers in that game against the Cardinals and it didn't make you wonder you know what exactly Miami was doing and whether you want to say that that was Louisville's doing or Miami just having self-inflicted errors whatever may have you the Cardinals defense I I feel like didn't do a terrible job in this game they did get out rebounded but I didn't think they were terrible NC State game they really weren't all that solid um for starters, they got out-rebounded, and they gave up 89 points, over 40 points each half. NC State shot 54% from the field, 50% from the three-point line, 88% from the free-throw line. Now, I know you can say that, well, how many teams are actually going to shoot at that level of efficiency every game? Probably not that many, but this is not like it was an outlier performance from the Cardinals' defense. The defense still has to get better in transition. They had to do a better job of – detecting motion on backdoor cuts. I feel like they have to do a better job of guys that are attacking the rim. Statistically, they are one of the better three-point defending teams in the ACC. But ultimately, they have to be better in terms of communication, um, defending movement in the half court, and overall full court transition. So if you can do that, if you can improve the defense just by a couple points, I'm not asking for, you know, absolutely unheard of level of improvement, but if you're able to shoot the ball a little bit better by a couple points, if you're able to make the extra pass, limit the turnovers to where you have more of a positive assist to turnover ratio. And if you're able to defend at a little bit of a higher level, I think that that's going to ultimately number one, be able to keep you in more games, which allows the team to be able to build off of those performances mentally and thus getting more wins than you were projected to get. I projected one win for the remainder of January, actually for the whole month of January. And I think less than five is where I was at. They had the one win. So in that specific hypothetical right now, you're playing with house money, but I think that there's an opportunity that if you continue to play that way, 
it might not be in the next week or so because you have at North Carolina at Wake Forest two tough games, and then you have um, then you have Duke at home. But if you're able to at least contend and be able to get a win or two in a game that you're not favored in to where you can build momentum up into February, which the schedule lightens up a bit and teams aren't as um, teams aren't as good as the teams that you're going to be playing or in January, because you know, you're not playing on the road in North Carolina. You don't have to play Virginia again. You don't have to play at Clemson again. You know, your January schedule is tougher than your February schedule. Who knows? That is how I think that you can build off of this momentum. But bottom line, moral of the story is you have to get the wins. That's what it all comes down to. So hopefully we can, um, you know, really, really dive into the result on Wednesday night coming up against North Carolina. Hopefully the Cardinals can shock the conference and take down the Tar Heels down in Chapel Hill. So we shall see. But For the remainder of the show, we're going to discuss the women's basketball team extending their win streak in the ACC. They're the only team uh, left undefeated in conference play, and they just achieved their 1,000th program victory. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We'll talk about that here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. It's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if you know a close family member or uh, someone you love got sick with a supply chain issue that kept them from the life-saving medication that they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infection, and others. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be more prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com, use the code Locked on to get $20 off of your order. All right, heading into the final segment of the show, we're discussing the women's basketball team continuing to extend their winning streak into conference play. Louisville is now up to um, 5-0 and in their last five games, uh, their last loss coming to UConn in the 2023 calendar year. They got two wins this week, blowout victories at Pittsburgh at, or sorry, versus Wake Forest. And just last week against Duke, the Cardinals achieved their, or recorded their 1,000th program victory. They become the 27th program to reach the 1,000 win mark. Uh, Jeff Walls was the head coach for just under half of that number. And I think it's a testament to how far that this women's basketball team has been able to progress. I mean, we talk about the fan base really rallying behind this team. The attendance numbers at the Yum Center um, on a yearly basis are spectacular. It's one of the best women's basketball um, venues, one of the best women's basketball environments in the country. And I think that it is a reflection of the outstanding players that this program has had 
Angel McCautry, uh, A.D. Durr, um, Shoney Schimmel, Sam Furing. I mean, the list goes on. Candace Bingham. You can name multiple of them. Dana Evans, Jazz Covington, Monique Reed. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And um, it's awesome to be able to reach this um, threshold because I think that it reiterates that this program is on a collision course with a national championship. I believe that before Jeff Walls retires, he will be able to hoist that trophy um, in April and give the Cardinals their first ever national championship title. But awesome to see. And some other significant news. Louisville now the only undefeated team in conference play in the ACC. They're 4-0. They're 15-2 overall. Florida State is right behind them. There are a multitude of teams with one loss, a couple teams with two losses, one team with three losses, and then a couple with four and five. Now you can say, well, Louisville really hasn't been tested in ACC play, and you're not necessarily all that incorrect. Um, although, you know, you have beaten some decent squads. I mean, Duke is 11 and five. You beat them by 17 points. Miami is 11 and five, but they're one and four in conference play. Pittsburgh is 0 and five. Wake Forest is 0 and five. So right now, you know, 4-0 in conference play. In that five-game winning streak, you also beat a Washington team that was 11-0 at the moment. So solid win there. And Louisville has been pretty good all season long. I mean, they have ranked wins against Washington, uh, Mississippi. But they lost against Alabama in November. They had a rough game against UConn on the road. And right now they're sitting at 15-2. and And like we mentioned before the season, this was going to be a very balanced approach for the Cardinals, and the MO of this team was going to be um, tremendous effort, defense, and balance. And they are an extremely balanced scoring team. I mean, you have five players that average at least eight points a game. Kiki Jefferson has been very solid. Olivia Cochran, a senior leader, averaging almost 12 and 6. Sidney Taylor averaging essentially 10, 3, 2 while shooting. Only 27% from the three-point line, but I expect that number to improve throughout the remainder of the season. Um, She's too good of a three-point shooter for, I think, that number to be at 27 for the remainder of the year. But defensively, this team is very, very solid. And I think that we're going to see Louisville be – involved in games down the stretch, even when the offense isn't necessarily playing that solid because of how good they've been defensively. You look at um, you know, what they did against Wake Forest. Now, granted, these teams that they're, they've been playing haven't been great in ACC play, so we're going to get a better gauge of how good this team actually is here in the next couple of weeks. But it was nice to see um, Nyla Harris, Olivia Cochran, Sidney Taylor, Kiki Jefferson. There were six players that scored in double figures against Wake Forest, which very, very nice to see. And then um, you look at that performance against Pittsburgh, where Louisville opened up the game on a 12-0 run. And again, multiple players in double figures, Olivia Cochran, Sidney Taylor, Kiki Jefferson. There's not going to be a player that averages 20 a night on this team, but multiple players averaging almost 10 points a game. That's where you get 
that um, scoring balance. I would like to see one player step up and sort of be the go-to scoring option when you need it down the stretch. But you're going to have a very solid week of tests on the road. Clemson isn't a great team. They're 8-9, and 1-4 in conference play. But it's tough to win on the road. So that's going to be tough. And then uh, the toughest conference game to date will be um, a week from today when the Cardinals go down to Chapel Hill. They play the 12-5 and North Carolina Tar Heels, ranked 20th in the country. Uh, they are coming off of a win against Virginia. Deja Kelly um, and the Tar Heels will be a tough team to play. So we'll break down the results as the women's basketball team continues on through conference play. But um, that wraps up today's episode of the show. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about some more portal recruiting news as the Cardinals received yet another commitment in the portal. So Everyone have a great day. Stay warm. Stay safe. We'll see you right back here 